thank Jennifer for leading the way vocally today. Uh, you notice that, that John Barry took a day off. He deserves it. And uh, so pray for him and his family as they're away today. And then also um, begin to, to notice and recognize that we have college students who are graduating. And uh, I dare not go into a list because I'll leave someone out, but we are recognizing uh, that that is happening and so proud of uh, these young folks. Can't believe four years has gone by. It seems like some of them just left to go to college and now they, they have their degrees and impressive degrees with impressive honors and we'll be recognizing the graduates on May the 19th and so we look forward to that and want to remind you as Philip has been um, reminding you that if you have a graduate from high school, college or tech school or any, any of those graduates please fill out one of the cards that you'll find at the Welcome Center and allow us to recognize them and congratulate them. Uh, even in the event that they, they would not be able to be here on that day, we still would like to recognize them. So uh, please help us with that information. That, that will be very helpful. Um, a, a week of mixed emotions. Uh, on the one hand, you're celebrating, and, and on the other hand, you're grieving. And uh, just last week, I had the opportunity, uh, as I have had recently uh, in, a, in a number of our times of gathering, to shake hands with Hunter Christmas and to uh, comment on how he's growing up and uh, have always enjoyed uh, his contagious smile. He just had that, he had that kind of smile, and he went home to be with the Lord yesterday after a tragic accident. And um, so please lift up Mark and Lisa and uh, Matt and Linda and all their family that God would provide for them in this time of loss. Um, only the Lord can reach in and bring the comfort and the peace and the healing that we need in those times of loss. Let's, let's pause and remember them. And also remember Jason Creech and his family, Jason and Veronica and the kids went to North Carolina this week to lay his grandpa to rest. And so we want to remember them as well. So let's, let's take a moment to do that. Would you lift up a prayer for these families?
Amen. One of the realities that we're all faced with is the uncertainty of, of this earthly existence. And it is manifested in, in so many ways. Um, the changes in our physical body, the things that we uh, incur and, and endure from time to time in that physical existence is a reminder uh, that we are visited with troubles, if you will. And then relationships, you know, one day a relationship seems to just be purring right along and, and then suddenly something happens and there is a, uh, a, a hurt or a division that happens in a relationship and sometimes those, are, those relationships are reconciled and, and restoration uh, happens in, in, that, uh, in that particular scene. Other times... There is, a, there is a break and there's never a repair. There's a breach that is never uh, able to be bridged. And, and so those are some of the realities that we live with. And there's a tension there because as, as we look at Scripture, we recognize that when we come to Christ, everything becomes new. And that's true. But it does not erase the earthly realities that are a part of, of this worldly existence. Uh, Christians are not exempt from things happening. And, uh, and sometimes we struggle with that. Sometimes we feel like if, if I've given myself to the Lord, then, then He ought to be able to just take care of all of those things where there are no bumps, there are no interruptions to the, uh, the joy and the peace that come with, with His presence. But, you know, real life, we all know. Uh, we've, we've all lived with uh, the death of a loved one or the dissolution of a relationship or um, the loss of a, of a job, or, or any number of losses that we incur. Um, it happens to Christians as much as it happens to those who are not in the faith. And the Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. And so there are circumstances that come to our lives that sometimes can leave us unsettled and disillusioned. And, and I get that. I, you know, I get that completely. Um, for those who have, have lost someone close to you, you know how different life is after that loss. Whether it's a parent, a, a child, a spouse, a sibling, when those losses hit close to home, it, it brings a brokenness to our lives that, that while God ministers to that, it will not completely be uh, repaired until we step into eternity. And so that brings some tension and some difficulty to our experience of, of our Christian faith. And uh, I, I want to I speak to that from some scriptures this morning and remind us that, that as long as people have been walking this earth, they have found themselves in the middle of troubles from time to time. And some troubles are seasonal and some seem to be lifelong. Um, but is God there in those moments? Is He really there? And, and what is the, the remedy? What, when will these hurts be erased uh, from, from our hearts and from our lives? Very valid questions. In Lamentations, if you'll turn there to the third chapter, I want to pick up, I, I want to focus on verses 22 through 24, and you'll recognize those verses. But I want to back up from there, and, and I, I want to pick it up with, uh, let's see, I think I'll pick it up with verse 18 leading into 22nd through the 24th verses. Jeremiah uh, is the author of this book of the Bible. 
And as you can as you can surmise from the title, Lamentations, he is in a time of sadness. And the sadness comes with the reality that the judgment of God has come to the people of God because as they got busy with life, uh, they just kind of forgot God. They, they, just, they just did not pay attention to their relationship with Him. And so that visited some difficulties upon them. Now let me clarify. When you go through a, a, a difficult time in your, in your life, when you go through a, a, a situation that leaves you broken, that does not necessarily mean that a specific sin in your life is the cause of that of that hurtful moment in your life. Because people have asked that uh, through the ages. You know, what, what caused this? Uh, what did I do? I've had people ask me, as a pastor, I've had people ask me, what did I do that this would happen in my life? And while there are those times when I might make a bad decision that lands me with a consequence, the reality of this human existence is this. Sin as, as a malady in among, in, in the midst of humanity, brings consequences that are not specific always to an individual. Do you follow me? In other words, there are things that happen to us and around us because we live in a world that is broken because of humanity's bent towards sin, because of that sin nature. And so God has brought a brokenness to our existence, will, that our, our earthly existence that will not be remedied completely until we are walking on the streets of gold, until we're in heaven. There's just some things that will not be answered until we get there. Some things are answered uh, in this life. God will bring a healing touch. God will bring deliverance from, from an addiction. God, God will bring a, a peace in the midst of, of what has been a life of turmoil. God, God visits us and brings those blessings to our life. So don't be completely fatalistic about, about the realities of our troubles. But having said all of that, there are things that happen because we live in a broken world and because we are a part of the human race. And as Jeremiah is writing about his experience of the brokenness that has come to the people of God, he says, he says it this way, beginning with verse 18. So I say my splendor is gone, and all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my afflictions and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Have you, have, you ever, have you ever felt that? That your soul is downcast? You just can't seem to pick yourself up. You can't seem to replace the sadness with, with a genuine joy uh, that, that maybe once you knew in, in, in your walk. And, and so Jeremiah is rehearsing those realities. I well remember them and my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind and therefore I have a hope. Listen to him. Life seems so hopeless. But then I remember that there is a hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. We have troubles, yes, but we are not consumed in terms of the eternity that He's prepared for us. For His compassions never fail. And look at that, compassions, plural. You can't put an end to the love that God has for us. You can't put a period where His compassion is flowing to us. 
It's plural. God is always at work to bring His love and His blessing and His fulfillment to our lives. And then he says, these compassions that never fail, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for Him. What does that mean when he says, the Lord is my portion? Because in Psalm 73, 26, we find this verse, My flesh and my heart fails, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. What is this portion thing? What is that all about? Well, if you will remember, when the people of God came out of Egypt and went through their 40 years of wandering in the wilderness... They were on their way somewhere. A land that had been promised to them by God. The promised land. Canaan. God was taking them to a place that they would inhabit and the word was that His blessings were so manifold in that place that clusters of grapes had to be carried on a pole that was supported on either end by the shoulder of a worker who would carry the grapes. Now that's a cluster of grapes. A land where the goodness and the blessing of of the produce and all that was there, it made it a land flowing with milk and honey. It was just a blessed place that God had prepared for them. And it ends up that the people of God were divided into 12 tribes. And 11 of the 12 tribes gained an earthly inheritance. They were given a portion of land. And so the people of God in their tribes went to inhabit those places that had been set apart as their their portion. And they would go there and that was their inheritance. That was their portion. They didn't work for it. They didn't deserve it. They didn't earn it. God gave it to them. They inherited it from Him. My brothers and I went a couple of weeks ago with Dad to Washington, D.C., And my brothers say they watch these YouTubes to see what I say about the family. So y'all pardon me just a second. Hey, Jeff and Wes, what's up? (laughs) And so we're on the trip and uh, I drove to Roanoke. I picked up my dad. My uh, dad lives uh, in the same place where where Jeff, my next brother, and his wife live. And he has... uh, an end of the house that is his, if you will, his dad's, dad's place, okay? Connected to my brother's place. And so the two of them were there, and Wes had driven there, and I drove up, and we all got in the Maxima. I wish, Dad, I hope you're watching too. I wish you all could have seen my dad in the back seat of that Maxima. Man, when I would go to, you know, Jeff, Jeff was my navigator in, in the co-pilot seat, and he had, his, he had maps on, and when we got in D.C., he would say, all right, turn, turn, turn here. Boom! I'm, buddy, I, if he said turn here, I was on it. And my dad's in the back seat, and he's like, would you please tell me when you're going to do that? I said, I don't know till he tells me. <laughs> but we're up there enjoying our time, and we went to this one place uh, to have a, a, a dinner that we spent one night up there and we, we went to this place to have dinner that Jeff and Dad and Wes had been to before. And um, um, so, man, this was a steakhouse. 
Y'all, it's best steak I've ever had. I mean, it was just that kind of a place. I mean, um, and it was, it was costly, okay? It was costly. We let Dad order first because he said he was treating. And so we all ordered what he ordered. And it, 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 it was costly. I, you know, it was not Logan's, okay? Um, in more ways than one. It, but anyway... We, we kind of felt some conscience about it, and we said, Hey, Dad, man, let, let us, let's go Dutch. Let's each one of us pick up our own tab. You don't need to do this. He said, Man, I'm not paying for this. This is coming out of y'all's inheritance. <laughs> so Dad's got, you know, he's, he's got in mind that, that, that whatever is there when, when he makes his flight home, that it's going to be divided among the kids. And we will have a portion. And, and um, we do that as families. My, you know, Becky and I have wills, and when it comes to the end of our time, uh, then a, div- a division will be made of our, uh, of our goods, and a portion will go to our kids. And... and um, we all, we all take care of those kind of... And if you haven't, please do. If you haven't made, if you haven't made that uh, arrangement, do that, will you? Don't wait. Because nobody knows what a day holds. And, and so we make provision for a portion to go to our loved ones. And God arranged it so that, that the land of promise, that Israel as a country, way back then, that it would be divided to where each tribe would receive their portion, except for one tribe. What tribe? Levi. Levi. The tribe of Levi. The priestly tribe. Why? Because the Lord was their portion. The Lord was the portion for the tribe of Levi. And God said, you're not to be bothered with taking care of land and the issues that go along with having property. And Lord knows there's issues that go along with having property. Amen? Um, you probably have some work to do after the storm we had last night. There's just things that go along with that. And God said that He wanted for the tribe of Levi to be um, consumed with representing the people of God, the larger group. Before the Lord, they were to be consumed with the things of the temple. And, and way back then, the things of the tabernacle until it came the day when the permanent temple would be built. Built. It was their responsibility to represent the relationship between God and His people. And that was a full-time job. Uh, people ask me, what do you do all week? You just work on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. Christy had a friend spend a night with her one time when, when Christy was in the fifth grade and the little girl, I mean, she just, she said, what does your daddy do? Where does he work? Christy said, he works at the church. Yeah, but what does he do the rest of the time? And, and God, God, and maybe, maybe even back then there were people who were saying, how, how come the tribe of Levi and the tribe of Levi, their portion was the Lord. That was their responsibility. And do you hear what Jeremiah is saying? And, and it delivers us to a new place, to a new day. Because the reality is, the things that we have in this life, houses and land and all that goes with it, 
It's just for a little while. You get that, right? And you can pass it down the line in, in, in the inheritance and, and your, your kids and your grandkids will get their portion, but it just continues to happen through time. And you know the day will come when the, when the earth will be no more and there will be no passing down of the land and all that goes with it. And, and Jeremiah is saying in Lamentations, I have come to the place. Life has become somewhat disappointing because it's so uncertain. And he said, I've come to the place that I have decided the Lord is my portion. That's what I'm going to consume myself with. That, that's what I'm going to focus on. That's what I'm going to be about in my life. I will wait for Him. What is he saying? He's saying what Jesus would say hundreds of years later. Jesus says in John 16, as He's speaking to His disciples, He's telling them that I've been with you, but very soon I will not be with you. And you will be scattered. And you will go into hiding. And life will become very difficult for you. And then he says this in verse 33, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. I've told you these things, he said, that in me, in, in your relationship with me, in the eternity of who I am, in the salvation that I am, in the fullness that I am, in the abundance that I am, in me you might have peace. Because in this world, there is no lasting peace. Neither for the unbeliever or the follower of Christ. There is no perfect peace in this life. Sin has left this world a damaged place. And in that context, we have troubles. But someone wrote these words one day. Why should I feel discouraged? Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home when Jesus is my portion? My constant friend is He. His eye is on the sparrow and I know He watches me. And so in this world of trouble, the peace that is there for people like us is a person. A person who is full of promise. Because everything He said He would do, He has done. And because everything He said He would do has been accomplished, the things He has said that have not yet been accomplished will come to pass. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You might have troubles, but let not your heart be troubled. Put your faith in Me. Jesus said, put your faith in the Father. I'm going to get your eternal dwelling place ready where there are no more tears, where there is no more sickness, 
A place where death will never be visited upon anyone ever again. Where there are no taxes. There are no broken relationships. There are no hurts. But perfect peace in the very presence of the One who created you and the One who died for you for your redemption and glorification. In this world you will have trouble, He said, but take heart because I have overcome the world and because I have overcome the world, you too will overcome the hurts of this present age. You see, where I get into trouble is when I put my eyes too much on the here and now and not enough on the hereafter. There's a land that is fairer than day. And by faith we can see it afar. Our Father waits over the way to prepare us a dwelling place there. The sweet by and by. I'm kind of homesick for a country where I've never been before. Because in that sweet Beulah land, there is eternity waiting for us that will never know the troubles that we have down here. Oh Lord, help me to get my eyes on heaven. Help me to keep my trust in You. Help me to not make this world and its desires my portion, but Lord, help me that You might be my portion. The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I'll wait for Him. And what He's saying, He's saying, yes, life has become difficult in the here and now. But when my Redeemer stands upon the earth, I know that I'll see Him and in Him will be everything I've ever needed. When you're having one of those days, I want you just to remember you're not home yet. You're a pilgrim in a foreign land on the way to a place that you were created for. This is just for a little while. When we get over there, it's forever. No more tears, no more separation. No more hurts. Perfect gladness in the Lord who is our portion. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come. No more clouds in the sky. No more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore on that happy golden shore. What a day. What a glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. And I look upon His face, the One who saved me by His grace. When He takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. There will be no sorrow there. No more burdens to bear. No more sickness, no pain. No more parting over there. And forever I will be with the One who died for me. What a glorious day that will be.
some glad morning, when this life is through, I'll fly away to a home where joy shall never end. The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for Him. He is my peace. He is my joy. He is my fulfillment. I will not let my heart be troubled. I will put my trust in God. I believe He's gone to prepare a place for me. And that when that place is ready and the Lord is ready, He will come and take me by the hand and walk me through the valley of the shadow of death because it's only a shadow. It's only a passing moment. And then I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The Lord is my portion. That's what I'm living for. Not more money, not more land, and all the things that go with worldly possessions. I can't wait to see him face to face. And in that moment, know, not by faith, but by experience, this is what I was created for. The only thing that keeps people from having that hope and that promise is for us to reject or ignore the portion that God has for us in a personal relationship with Him. We, we think that becoming a Christian is all about perfecting ourselves. No, Christianity is about the fact that we have not been able to perfect ourselves and God is able to deliver us from our imperfection, from our brokenness. That He's able to do something in us that prepares us for an eternity that we were born for. So Christianity is just this. Lord, I'm not getting it done, and I know you can get it done, and I give you myself that you might have your way with me, that I might experience what I was created for, that I might know that when I leave this life of imperfections that I will finally inhabit that home that was built by your own hands just for me. That's what Christianity is about. Is the Lord your portion? Have you decided that of all the things that you could attach yourselves to, that you have decided to attach yourself to Him because, well, because you just know that what He has promised is what's really going to be there when you get there. The Lord is my portion. And my peace comes from waiting for Him to take all the brokenness and turning it into glory. Someone here today needs to go ahead and make the decision for yourself. I'm tired of being scattered from this to that to the other. Today I have decided, because of what the Lord has spoken to my heart, that He will become my, my portion. He will be what I live for. He will be the inheritance that I look forward to.
Would you talk to him right now? Just bow your heads and talk to him. Next week is Mother's Day. It'll be the fourth time, fourth year, that I won't be able to call my mom on the phone and wish her a happy Mother's Day. And I, I, I'll be straight with you. That hurts a little bit. But because I know she's in heaven, and because I know I'm going there, one day the disappointment and the hurt that has come because of her departure from our company in this earthly realm, that hurt will be replaced with gladness that will never go away. I can't wait to get there and have mom show me the sights and alert me to the sounds. The Lord is my portion. I've got a lot to look forward to. Jesus said, because I live, you too will live. We've got a lot to look forward to. And some days we just need to turn our gaze toward heaven. to be reminded that our trouble is just for a little while.
set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God set your minds on things above not on earthly things for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God when Christ who is your life appears then you also will appear with him in glory 